my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of VHS Strikes Back. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, we've picked a classic this week. What are we going to go ahead and review? Well, Dave, we're going with the 1982 classic Sylvester Stallone film, First Blood. Fantastic. Now, this was rated R, wasn't it? It starred Sylvester Stallone in his absolutely iconic role, or one of them. Now, it was directed by Ted Kotcheff. I think I've pronounced that right. And it was actually based on the 1972 novel of the same name. That was written by a chap called Dave Morell. Now, what do you remember of this movie? I remember, I must admit, Dave, so it came out 82. So realistically, it was probably in the video shops within the UK, late 83, middle 83. I'd never watched it first time. And obviously, I was only five. I was four, actually, when it first came out. Probably five when it came out in the UK. I think I ended up watching it towards maybe the end of the 80s, maybe around 88, 89. I think not because it was an R-rated film, because by this point I was watching Lethal Weapon and stuff like that, Beverly Hills Cop, but I just think it it didn't really get me. And I think my dad... He's used my, my dad was the barometer of like watching sort of films, and he'd always gone on about this. And then when we got into Lethal Weapon, he was like, right, he'd seen it, he was like, yeah, you can watch that. And I, I just think I didn't... I didn't really buy into it because I love Rocky so much. You know, I did, I wasn't sure how I would feel about Sylvester Stallone or Rocky Balboa playing someone else. So it, it was sort of like I was late to the part. I was probably only about 11 or 12, Dave, so I probably shouldn't be watching it. But <laughs> still too young to watch it, really. still too young, but, but I was late to the party on this. So I, I, I'd probably say, I've been thinking about this before we did the review, I'd probably say I've realistically watched it maybe half a dozen times since like, the late 80s. So it's not been something that's been played and played it's not in my collection i just remember it being such an iconic movie so that's where i sort of sit on it dave what about yourself no it's really interesting what you say about rocky because i think i I mean i've told you before you know i had uncles who boxed and stuff so rocky was just an absolute mainstay it was always part of the video collection um and sly stallone was just a legend in my house and particularly i think my mum had the hots for him you know, so there was no way we weren't going to watch this. And I, I genuinely, I don't remember the first time of watching it just because I, I just remember it, it wasn't on repeat in the same way as like Star Wars and Superman and stuff like that, but it was played very regularly. So it's probably getting towards the mid 80s again, like yourself, watched it way too young, really. Um, but I, I think when did Rambo come out? Was that 84, was it? It was it was, around, uh, it was it was a couple of years yeah, after eighty four eighty five I think yeah. it was after Rocky four Dave yeah we got eighty five so I, I remember it, it must have been about eighty five that I watched First Blood for the first time and you know for me I I really enjoyed it I watched it loads of times but when Rambo came out on the video to be honest I, I mean as a young lad you know that was the one that I thought was a much better movie but 
even without re-watching it, I guess in my mind, you know, thinking back to it, I was thinking, you know what, First Blood is a much better story. I mean, Rambo just gets a bit silly and gratuitous, doesn't it? Whereas, you know, you can really... I, I had high hopes going back and re-watching this one. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I always remember Brian Dennehy who plays the sheriff. He was always a guy who popped up, and I think he become pretty much typecast after this, as the baddie one Dave. Whether he's a sheriff, he's an ex-army guy, whatever he is, he's always that guy you love to hate. But <laughs> having watched this, and I'm interested to see what you think, I have mixed reviews and mixed feelings on, on the actual plot of this film, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think I know where you're going with that because, again, in, in my child's memory i i just hated him he was just an absolute well he like you say he's a career shitbag really isn't he yeah but i think re-watching it now i think i probably was a bit more sympathetic to him yeah i i'm not necessarily i it's still all about john rambo it's still his story he's still the main protagonist but I could empathise with Dennehy. Hey, listen, he's still just a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that, I'm sure, as, as we walk through the movie. That's the one, Dave. Shall we get into our trailer? Yeah, let's go. John Rambo, a drifter, just passing through their town. Morning! Headed north or south? North. Now jump in. I'll make sure you're heading the right direction, huh? You got some place I can eat around here? There's a diner about 30 miles up the highway. Is there any law against me getting something here? Yeah, me. I want you to book this gentleman for vagrancy, resisting arrest, carrying a concealed weapon. They knew he was innocent. I'm starting to dislike you a lot. And they didn't give a damn. That's okay, Warren. Don't worry about the soap. He's tough. Just shave him. Drag. Don't move. I don't want you to cut your own throat. John Rambo. One man who's been pushed too far. You're finished! You've gone as far as you're gonna go! And straight for the top. Right on top. There's no way out of here except through us. He was hunted. Trapped. your men couldn't handle him before. Now, what makes you think you can handle him now? Because God knows what damage he's prepared to do. You don't seem to want to accept the fact that you're dealing with an expert in guerrilla warfare. Are you telling me that 200 men against your boy is a no-win situation for us? You send that many, don't forget one thing. A good supply of body bags. Sylvester Stallone. This time, he's fighting for his life. First blood. 
Now, we start off with John Rambo. He's trying to find one of his old military buddies, but unfortunately he realizes this big old chap that he knew as part of the Vietnam War, he'd succumbed to cancer thanks to Agent Orange back in the back in the war. And so you can see immediately this very isolated character, but it all starts to turn a bit when he goes through this town, ironically called Hope, um, up in Washington. And he comes across Teasel, uh, who takes an instant dislike into him, and that's where all th- everything starts to kick off, really. So, Chris, what are you making of this opening? Yeah, well, a couple of things. The, the, the idea that he just randomly turns up at this house and then he's, he's showing all these different things to obviously his wife, he's a, you know, his partner's ex. Sorry, again. His ex sort of war buddies family. This is his handwriting. This is me with him. And I'm thinking, well, surely would have mentioned him, you know, when he come back from Vietnam. I know Vietnam was no sort of road trip or anything. It's absolutely horrible, wasn't it, for soldiers out there? But I sort of buy into that. All right, fair enough. He looks quite chirpy, does John. And I did say, well, Dave, obviously he's suffering from PTSD. He doesn't take much to get him triggered because what, what I found really bizarre, and obviously watching it now, if you actually treated a war veteran the way he gets treated, and, and you know, Brian Denny's character, Teasel says to him, oh, you looking for trouble here with that badge on there, son? You know, because he's got the, the this Star Spangled yeah. Banner on his sleeve and that. And, and he knows he's obviously ex-army, and I'm thinking, wow, how times have changed. I know after Vietnam, a lot of soldiers were totally... Uh, thrown under the bus, weren't they? That's why you've got a lot of uh, problems with like homeless and things like that because they're all ex-vets that just were not looked after. But I was very shocked by this because I come, I'd, I'd forgotten that was one of the main reasons why he kicked him yeah, out of the town. And, and it's it's an interesting time capsule, isn't it? Now the novel came out in seventy two, and the guy uh, who wrote it was was a lecturer, and and he was trying to teach some students who'd come back from the war. And, you know, after class and whatever, he'd listened to some of their stories, and that's what provided the inspiration. Interestingly, Rambo comes from a type of apple, apparently. That's where he got the name from. But um, I, I, I couldn't quite work out that line about having the flag. I, I, because the police uniforms have got the flag on it as well. And yep. Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, yep. I, I didn't quite get it. But, I mean, when he's talking to the, you know, the widow of his ex-army buddy, I, I couldn't help but feeling like she was being a bit awkward. <laughs> like I, she, he was like, clearly <laughs> he was looking for him. I, and I don't know, was she just apprehensive? I mean, I think we're supposed to believe that he's a bomb, isn't he? You know, he's he's he looks ragged and homeless, but it's sliced alone, isn't it? He looks like he probably hasn't had a shave for about three days to a week or something. So he doesn't really have a, a scraggly beard or anything. He's He's got a bit of a mullet, like. But he doesn't look particularly bedraggled to me. And, you know, he's going, he's fumbling no. around for his, uh, his picture and whatever. And I just thought, look, just tell him he's dead, you know. Um, but it did. Yeah. I, I'd Obviously, watching this loads of times as a kid, this bit was completely lost on me watching it as a kid but i actually found it really quite powerful i thought you know sly is just he's portrayed as this kind of muscle head action hero isn't he but i thought he was acting his ass off here i thought he was really you know quite 
quite emotional. You know, he's he's trying to be a bit goofy in that. Or not trying to be goofy, but he just seems quite happy and chirpy. He's looking forward to seeing his old war buddy. And, um, yeah, like I say, I was just like, just tell him he's dead. She just made him work a lot harder for it, I thought. Yeah, I I think that's a good point. I think you said that to myself before we were going to review this about his acting. I think he's on point with this, Sly. I think he really is. Obviously, he's filmed this on the back of Rocky III, so he's gone from one character to another, completely polarising characters, obviously. But I think because most of his films, he relies on his body, doesn't he, more than anything. But his body is, is... what sells the film more than anything mm-hmm. a bit like arnie and obviously he's just gone you know three rounds with club lang at the end there and all that and he's it's all about his body and he's 202 pounds in rocky free as we know when we did our review and <laughs> i could recite off as you know dave and bore your senses Weighing in at 202 pounds <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks fantastic yeah he looked exactly the same as he did at the start of the film yeah. apollo but anyway you try and convince us he don't look any different but anyway but yeah so i think i like the fact that obviously you can see he's still shredded. He's still in the same rocky condition. But what I found really bizarre is he obviously then meets up with a copper. The copper takes him out, gives him a bit of aggro, doesn't he? And, and then he decides to sort of turn back and walk over the bridge. Now, I've never seen rain come down so quickly. From the minute he drops Rambo off to the minute he goes over the bridge, it just, just suddenly appears. It was almost like Coronation Street levels of rain. It just appears from nowhere. <laughs> and... That's it for him then, isn't he? He's just, he's absolutely over the edge. I mean, it's literally, he's just, he, he reminds me a bit of the Punisher, Dave, where he's just literally the flick of a switch and he's gone. I don't know. Flick of the switch. I, I, I think, you know, we talked about Brian Dennehy being that twat as far as I was concerned as a kid. Yeah. Although I could empathize with his position a bit more, you know, he's trying to keep order in his, ta- in his sleepy little town. Um, I, I, you know, he just wants to keep things quiet, doesn't he? And I think this was a time, you know, post-Vietnam where a lot of soldiers were treated, you know, not great. And I think it's like a pendulum. I think, you know, I, I admire how much respect they have. They get various benefits and stuff. And, uh, you know, when you see the TV over in the States, you know, there's various things on the military. So I, th- I think they've... They've turned that around, but they had to go through a bit of a dark time to get there. And um, I think I think in the novel, uh, Dennehy's character, so Teasel, he's supposed to be a vet of the Korean War that didn't get, you know, it's, it's called the Forgotten War, isn't it? So he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, I think. But at the end of the day... Just let him have something to fucking eat and he'll move on, you know what I mean? <laughs> he didn't have to be such a dick in, you know, making sure he, he went to the other end of town and then dropped him off, you know, and uh, and you can see Rambo at that point. He is being a bit belligerent, you know, he could have just like, all right, clearly, you know, he's busting my chops here. I'll just go on to the next town and grab something to eat there. So he's, he's had enough, you know, so... So more so than Rambo just being completely put on, I think it's just two kind of alpha males butting heads against each other. Yeah, I mean, I did question. I'm glad you've answered that for me, to be fair. In my head, surely some of them are supposed to be 
army veterans, if they've moved into the police force, it's usually a natural progression, isn't it? like police, fire, anything where mm-hmm. they're sort of helping people. That's what usually happens when people come out of the forces. I know we're thinking 4D here, Dave, and I'm thinking outside the box, but one thing I've got, <laughs> I thought just didn't make any sense though, and you know I have to say this at least once in our reviews, is <laughs> it gives a speech to Rambo how it's, you know, it's an absolutely this sleeping town. We don't have any trouble here. It's great. It's great. Why the fuck have they got about 15 coppers then in a police station if it's just a small <laughs> town? Why? And they do go around robbing people because they're nicking pumpkins or something. I was just thinking, fuck off. You, you, it's obviously quite a big place and, and there was no reason to have all them coppers other than to serve the story, Dave. You know what I mean? Like, it was a little bit... It's not a, a wreck the film at all. It's just something I spotted straight away. And, I mean... Well, I, th- I think there was probably, what, a handful of coppers. There was probably, like, less than 10. So, you know, they got help from the National Guard. They got help from the military later on, don't they? So it, it's not all just the police force that's chasing after him. No, no, I know that. But, I mean, the fact that you've got that many people in a police station at once for, for a little, usually in these little hillbilly towns, you've got like two guys, you? you've got the sheriff and he's deputy and that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think you've been watching too much Bonanza. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what was bad though, Dave, we've, we've, we've pulled out this a few times, but the, the actual copper who does that iconic line, he goes, uh, you know, what's your name? And he's looking at me and, and he rips the tags off and he says, uh, Rambo, John G, you know, and all that. And he's yeah, having a pop yeah. at him. Yeah, there's a little bit of mild racism there, isn't there, with the guy who's doing all the cleaning and the decorating in the... Oh, in I, the, didn't, uh, I didn't notice that. What? Well, Dave, he was called Leroy, and, and it went from there. There was a couple of just throwaway racial 1980s specials there at that point. Oh, when, yeah, it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't so obvious, but just the fact that he was called Leroy, I was like, oh, you are joking, you know what I mean? Like, it's just throwing it out there, because around that time, I don't think anybody really was aware of that was obviously racial stereotyping. Right, yeah, yeah. No, it's I, I didn't see that at all, to be honest. I, I, When you say Rambo just flipped, though, I think he was constantly put on. And, and I mean, he, he was arrested for vagrancy and concealing a, a weapon, wasn't he? Yeah. But, I mean, for something so menial like that, I mean, they, they had to give him a shave, they had to hose him down. I mean, that... <laughs> That seems a bit over the top to me. And it's just like they were constantly prodding him. And I I thought it was really effective the way he kept flashing back. He had the old porno tash uh, when he's obviously (laughs) um, a a prisoner of war in Vietnam and being tortured and stuff. And so, you know, it's, it's all flashing back. And the thing that I thought was absolutely brilliant, to be honest, Chris, is stuff like PTSD... We're more educated about it now. We're we're more aware of it. This was written, you know, in uh, the novel came out seventy two, movie came out eighty two. This wasn't a widely talked about thing, and and so I thought that was. I I would know, you know, again watching it as a kid, I wasn't thinking, oh, he's got PTSD. It was just like, oh, he, he remembers st- some of the stuff that happened. But I I just thought it was quite clever the way they knit that in. And that was why he snapped. You know, it, it, it's not because it's he's thinking with a clear, rational head. You know, just let him shave me, and then I'll I'll be on my way in the morning after I see the judge. It, it, it is all this traumatic stress. So I I thought that was pretty clever, to be honest. Dave, I, I think you're completely correct. I, I think 
you see it, you've seen it in a maybe, I know, it's nowhere near as good as Rambo, but there has been in a couple of missing and action Chuck Norris films, some flashbacks there. <laughs> we definitely didn't see it. We're going to have to do some of those at some point, We're going to have to. We definitely didn't see it in Commando. I don't think he'd even heard of PTSD. He was just going around. <laughs> John Matrix was just doing everybody. John Matrix but... is just too hard. He would yeah, never have too... fucking PTSD. No, no. And, and what's interesting, Dave, is something that you'd said you're so right. I think the way they addressed it is fantastic. It's just there all all the time he's in he's an absolute killing machine who's locked away for say 10 years the thoughts and the, the things he's had to go through with um you know with his being encaged by these obviously the, the, the vietnamese army and stuff and i think that's fantastic the way it's done and and what i found interesting though dave is i, I had sat back and obviously you told me that originally the film was a completely different film to what we we seen on the screen so researching it and you've probably seen it yourself is it was three and a half hours long and Stallone and his agent were nearly physically sick watching the original cut because it was just yeah. nothing like what we saw I mean to get it to 93 minutes I think it's the running time is fantastic I, I, I mean I'd love to see it we always say this don't we what that actually looked like by the sounds of it I think it's all been burnt all that extra footage yeah and they they were sort of talking between themselves, weren't they? About could they buy up all of the copies? <laughs> but I I found what I found interesting was, you know, in that original cut, apparently Rambo was a bit of a smart ass. You know, he was giving out all the one liners and stuff, and by cutting out a lot of Stallone's dialogue, you get this more mean and moody type character. And I just think it's just fantastic. You know, it's one of those happy accidents but i mean did you know as well in the novel uh they teasel and rambo they both die in the end yes i i only know that for the research Dave. i'm not going to come on here and go yes i read it years ago. i didn't so I, I it's only through research in the last week or so but i did know that there is that scene where he dies he's actually on youtube somewhere because I've seen it, I've seen that somewhere, because there's different yeah, endings yeah. of the Rockies, so, yes. I, I've not actually seen it, but I, I've sort of read up on it, and um, apparently it tested particularly badly, and, and the way uh, these testing or these screening audiences uh, reacted to it was like, so what you're saying is, the only outcome, if you're a soldier coming back from war, is death. That's that's the only piece you'll get, and it's like, mm, yeah, <laughs> that doesn't look good. But it was actually Stallone who came in. This this script had bounced around Hollywood for years, and it was Stallone who basically, with his rocket clout, was convinced to come in and, and do it, and he only did that on the condition of doing some of the rewrites. Now, you had Kirk Douglas, who was lined up. He actually was on some of the original promo material. He was lined up to play Troutman, and basically, as a point of principle, when, when he found out that they were, they were going to keep Rambo alive, he wanted it to be like it was in the book. And he was saying, no, you've got to do it like that, like it is in the book, or I walk. And then Stallone and co. were like, all right, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think, you know, again, it could have been. It, it's another one of these, isn't it, where it could have so easily been a quite terrible and forgettable movie. But what they've ended up doing is is creating a classic. Yeah, to be fair, it's really, really strong. I, I, 
I think that the, the whole way it romps along, Dave, and we said this before, for this sort of film, I think 90 minutes is an absolute sweet spot, isn't it? it, it yeah. It's just perfect. There's no need for character development. He's just turned up in the wrong place at the wrong time, and unfortunately, Brian Denny's pushed his buttons a bit too far, and it's just kicked off from there. And when he when he goes off in the actual jail, like you say, the hose down, he attacks all the coppers. I've got to say, Dave... I'm loving the little bit of karate that Rambo's showing there. Little slide tackles going in there. These little flicks, elbows getting flicked out. We, we don't see that from Stallone because we've only ever seen him in Rocky yeah. up to this point. We'd seen him in Death Race, I think, in the 70s. Well, but that wasn't really much of a, a part for him. So this this was really one of his breakout movies from Rocky as well. So he wasn't completely typecast. But yeah, I was loving the way he was slipping and sliding around that police station and just throwing in these like sidekicks and little slide tackles. I thought it was brilliant. It was was a great action scene, wasn't it? But I tell you what, Chris, I I, I was pissing myself. Obviously, a lot of the coppers are being total bastards, aren't they? And you have, uh, what's the CSI guy's name? Um, David Caruso. The one with the ginger hair, yes. Yeah, the ginger one. So he... he, um, He's trying to be. He's just a normal young cop, isn't he? You know, it's it's the older cops who seem to be, you know, really taking pleasure out of torturing Rambo, you know, and and being an arsehole to him. So, but where the guy who's walking in with the coffees and that, he's had, he's had nothing to do with it at all. He seems like a happy-go-lucky guy. Probably whistled on his way into work, and he just comes in, and Rambo just sweeps his. He's like, no, 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 wait, wait. <laughs> Rambo just sweeps his legs and then just breaks his nose with his elbow. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. But the thing, like I say, it just had me pissing myself because I was thinking he's done nothing at all. It's like fucking Ned Flanders or something just walks in and Stalled gets it. taken out. <laughs> I tell you what I love, Dave. When he gets out of the police station and he gets on that, he just clotheslines that guy who's on the crosser bike, done in the motorbike. Yeah. Why does he go down the path and just he's like, get out of the way and then move? And it's just like, why don't he just go on the road? I couldn't work out why he'd actually he got on the path other than for a bit of excitement. But the car chase when when they're after him, and there's a few bits there where. You know, there's no physical way that car would be able to keep up with that bike at yeah. all. Yeah, and yeah. certainly not across them fields. We're talking Dukes of Hazard levels of bullshit there because there's no way. I know eventually his car overturns, but there's no way it could it could even do some of them moves and that that he's doing. And Rambo would have been well off on that bike, especially in the in the sort of... Uh, the whole wooded area and everything and the, the farmer's fields and that. There's no way that could have been even anywhere near a car chase yeah yeah i think you're right i mean again i i'm gonna just have a bit of a blind spot for that i, th- I thought it was pretty cool i i, I think he, he pops a wheelie initially doesn't he when he jumps yeah. on the bike and I, I, i'd read a quote somewhere it was some it said it was something like recklessly under prepared for it or something like that I, I don't think he intended to do that um but again i i I'm having a little bit of a loving for Sly Stallone, to be honest, Chris, because, you know, as well as doing a lot of the rewriting, you know, so, I mean, in the books, Rambo, Rambo's basically bloodthirsty, goes around killing all the cops and everything. He, he doesn't actually kill anyone here. There's one person who dies, the cop who, who falls out of the, uh, 
falls out of the helicopter, doesn't he? When he's being a total twat and trying to shoot Rambo off the side of a ledge, you know, and and the helicopter pilot just loses control and he falls out, you know. He doesn't actually kill anyone in this. And and I, I it was Stallone who had that input into the script. He wanted to make Rambo a much more sympathetic character rather than this bloodthirsty PTSD victim. Yeah. And it, I, I'm just so impressed. And like I say, all, doing all the stunts, uh, you know, when he's on the run, when he's jumping down, uh, landing on that tree, I think he really hurt himself, like really hurt himself when he was when he was doing that. So, um, yeah, I, I just think I, my respect for him, just re-watching this movie and also digging into some of the research about his input into it and all, I, I, I've just got so much respect for him. No, I think you're right. And I think with us having reviewed, obviously, Terminator only a couple of episodes ago and seeing the difference between these two movies, as in the way Stallone and Arnie approach him, the, the grittiness. I know Arnie's an out-and-out baddie in the Terminator, but it's strange, isn't it? Because most of the films after this, you wouldn't really say, even though they're, you know, they're 18s or whatever, but they're not as gritty or as serious as this, are they? Or like as yeah. a Terminator, for example. Stallone doesn't really go near this sort of grittiness to Rambo at all. I think Rambo 4, which was out obviously the mid-2000s, is a very... that is a, I don't know if you've seen that, Dave, but that is one hell of a gore fest. It's proper yeah. violent. That was a bit more... I light. think I stopped at, at Rambo 3. I don't think I've ever seen the fourth one. The fourth one's not bad, you know. It's not bad at all, the fourth yeah. one. I've, I've got that on Blu-ray, yeah. it's The third one's ridiculous, especially knowing now that he's actually on the side of the Afghanistans fighting the Russians. If only you knew back then, eh? But it, it, that's the third yeah. one. I remember the big Apache helicopter coming after him and surviving. It was almost diehard five or diehard four levels of bullshit when that M16's <laughs> after John McClane and he just jumps off the the, 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 uh, side, the freeway and stuff. Absolute nonsense. But yeah, the, the fourth one's a bit more back to like the first, but I think because it's so serious, there's no wisecracks, there's no nothing in this edit anyway, as which is the, the theatrical one we're used to. I'm with you, Dave. I think it's it's so underrated as a film. As in, it, people love it, but I think it, it deserves to be in people's top list, to be honest. It's fantastic. Yeah, and it is weird. I think that's really because of where the franchise went after this. And it would have been interesting, you know, in that parallel universe where they kept that original cut where, you know, he dies at the end and so it's just a standalone movie. You don't have all the sequels, which did get a bit silly, a bit bloodthirsty and just uh, almost comical. Um, You know, would it have been held up maybe a bit higher kind of critically and, and artistically? It it could have been it could have been Dave. I think me a lot of a lot of the stuff Stallone does is the stigma of the Rocky and stuff, and the, and he's always been imitated, hasn't he, by comedians and stuff for his acting style and his voice and stuff. But I I think he just doesn't get the credit. He does not get the credit he deserves, to be honest, because he, there's some great films I've seen, and he is good in them, Dave. His acting's on point. I think what Stallone's good at is using his body as an acting tool, like we mentioned Christopher Reeve in our Superman reviews yeah. from Comics in Motion, obviously our first two reviews we did, and obviously episode 50 with Superman 3, but genuinely he was a great 
actor, but he was also great at using his body. And I think that that's where Stallone comes into his own. He can make his five foot eight, five foot nine frame seem massive sometimes because of the, because of just his performance and how he uses his moves himself. So I'm a fan, Dave. You know I've been a fan. Rocky is one of my favourites. So I have nothing but respect for Stallone. Like I say, I've got it all over my wall here, his quotes and Rocky. So, you know, I'm not going to slag the guy off. I think what I like on this though, Dave, is because he's getting chased and everything by the police, is that horrible copper who decides to go after him in the helicopter, the one who he's broken his nose and he give him all the shit and he would be when he hosed him down and that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that scene. It's a bit convenient that he doesn't shoot him and he just keeps missing his head or his arm when he's when Rambo's holding onto the side of the rocks. But what I found really interesting was when... He, obviously, Rambo throws a rock up, doesn't he, at, that, at the, the helicopter yeah. and sort of... He stuck his harness off the copper and he ends up going down to his dead body and lifting him up, doesn't he? Like proper, like psycho. It's almost like when you see Lethal Weapon a few years later, Martin Riggs, you know, Mel Gibson's portrayal of the absolute psycho in the first one. He's very similar to this. He's just absolutely gone, Rambo, and he? He's just, just yeah. he's, nothing's going to stop. It, it was weird, I, I thought that, because it... You know, like I say, that's the only person who dies in this. So he's shown himself, Rocky, uh, Rocky, <laughs> Rambo, <laughs> to be an absolute badass. But he's he's just injured people to escape. You know, he's like a he's like a fucking Wolverine, isn't he, or Honey Badger or something. Yeah. You know, he's just he is vicious, but he doesn't murder anyone. But when he picks him up there, I did feel it was a little bit off. He he was sort of tr- it looked like he was trying to get his coat off him. But then I couldn't see later on that he had his coat or anything. So he, I mean, he runs off with it, but he doesn't yeah. put it on. He doesn't put it on. Yeah, I don't quite know what he what he does with it. But um, I tell you what, always sort of knocked me sick is when he throws him back down on the rock. Yes, and the sound of his head hitting the rock. It's just like oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nasty. It is nasty. Now, Dave, I've got to bring this character up. So we're about halfway through at this point. Rambo's just just taking everybody out. He's trying to get away. Enter Colonel Troutman, Dave. Now, obviously, you did mention about Kirk Douglas earlier on, and he was originally going to have the part. They did actually offer it when he refused. Gene Hackman, Robert Duvall, Lee Marvin, Rock Hudson was actually going to do it, but he ended up having to have heart surgery, so he couldn't do it. So they threw in Richard Krenner, who apparently... Got absolute rave reviews for this role, Dave. Now, I remember being a kid thinking he was really good in this, but... I want you to go first because you did bring this up before me. So what did you think of his performance, Dave? Fucking atrocious. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm the same as you. I mean, he, he was just someone in, in the movie. He played a particular role. I didn't think anything of it. But when you've got actors of the caliber of Stallone and Dennehy, he just he looks out of place. As soon as he's on screen, and it's it's weird. It's now he did get cast late because of the whole Kirk Douglas thing. He just literally had a day's notice before he turned up, so he wasn't that prepared. But it, going right to the end of the movie because it's the worst example of it, I, I think. But he turns up, you know, with Rambo when he's when he's shooting up the place, and he's just like, "Rambo, don't do it." <laughs> it's like it's like if someone put a camera on me or you and said, right, act. <laughs> it was like, you know, he'd been in... I think he just looks more like a TV kind of actor. 
you know, but he, he would have been better in Days of Our Lives or something like that. He just, his acting is fucking awful. And God rest his soul, don't don't mean to speak ill of the dead. He has passed away, unfortunately. But, but yeah, he's the worst thing of this movie, to be honest. He is, and I did look at his wiki page, Dave. Now, he was a World War II veteran, served in the Battle of the Bulge. So he, he genuinely was... He did earn his stripes properly. Maybe that's why he liked the berets wedged to his head so much. But but what I found really interesting, though, Dave, is when he comes in and he has no regard for Denny. And, and, and I think this is where I was saying earlier on before we went into the review about my opinion on Denny, he changed. Because Denny, Denny apologises to him in the diner, doesn't he? They get off to a really rocky start. He's like, yeah, my boy, he could kill all of you if he really wanted to. And all this, he's giving his proper bullshit ego, American army i am better than you sort of spiel any you know that proper macho bollocks and then he sits him down the dad's like i'm really sorry and every time then he's trying to say to him like apologize he just keeps pissing him off with these proper macho one-liners you know like it's yeah. like that's where you you said about um sorry dave you, you said about something we reviewed years ago uh, what did we review and you said like i was all for oh ferris bueller when we were saying about yeah, we were all for yeah, Ferris Bueller. But I can't have a bit of sympathy for the cops in this because you grow up thinking these cops are just wankers. They're absolute. Maybe that's why there was a bit of intentional sort of racial stereotyping at the start. They're trying to throw everything at these cops to say they're just absolutely assholes. But as it goes on, Dennehy sort of has a bit of a lobotomy because he starts having to go with the, the deputies in that as if they've caused all this. But I don't think hosing him down. I'm thinking, well... You didn't really help there, you know, Teasel. You you didn't help yourself by kicking Rambo. I said just let him go and have fish and chips somewhere in a diner. You've yeah, you've you've probably the bear. Exactly, they're only following suit, aren't they? He comes in, and he's the wise ass, the tough sheriff. They, 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 that's what he's like. Kids in it, they only follow what they see, so that's what they're doing. And but yeah, there was some really weird dialogue between him and the jet. The, the colonel's an absolute joker, isn't he? You're so <laughs> right what you're saying. Everything's so abrupt and so brash, and it was like it was so. And then when he's on the on the thing and he's going Rambo, Ramirez, Sanchez, or whatever he's saying, all these names, Rambo, come in, and he's doing all these calling signs, and Rambo's yeah. asleep in the mine, and I'm like. Oh, you dickhead, you know, because he's in all three Rambos. I always remember he being in all three of them, and he is. He's, he, he's so, he's such a weird cast, and he may have had no choice with it, Dave, but I certainly don't get why he got all applauded for this position at all. No, I, I don't, and like I say, I, I never noticed it in the past, but his acting does suck donkey balls in this, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's just atrocious. But he does seem, a, he's a bit of a smug git as well, isn't he? You know, and... um when when Dennett, when Teasel's trying to, you know, have that talk with him because the that that's the the home guard, isn't it, who blow up the mine that he's that he's in, um, and take down. So at that point, they all think Rambo's dead, apart from Troutman. You know, he he suspects, but he just seems overly smug about it. You know, and he's like, "Are you really here to help or or what?" You know, and, and now there's something about his character just just seems off and uh yeah i'd never noticed it before but it absolutely just jumped off the screen and again i guess you know when you're a kid and watching this you're just taken along by the action and and it's you know after doing umpteen movie reviews you you recognize poor acting a bit more i think and and so yeah he he definitely was was not a good actor 
No, no, it's a shame. It's a shame, really, because I think the way they portray it, and obviously we get the rat scene. I remember being a kid, Dave, and it still makes yeah, me skin crawl yeah. now. And, and obviously Stallone is in a a sort of makeshift, sort of I'm a celebrity type fake cavern, isn't he, with a load of water, and there's rats in there, obviously, and there's someone he's back. Um, yeah, I, I give him full props, Stallone, because he doesn't mess about, Dave, does he? If he's going to do something, he does it all in. And all the Rockies, he got chinned a few times by Dolph Lundgren and stuff over when he was doing it and got knocked out, to be fair. Um, so so you know it's him doing it. And I I, I can't falter. He's, he's sort of, me, sort of, I suppose he's method acting in some respects, isn't he? He's, he's completely engulfed by the part in this. And um, we've got the cat and mouse, but then it becomes a bit where... I thought was just a classic moment is he gets in that truck, doesn't he? The, the army truck. And he throws the guy out. The guy nearly breaks his neck, but then the guy runs up the hill as, as Rambo's in the truck and he's driving down like the, sort of the side of the ravine and he ends up on a main road. And the cops appear coming from the same direction as Rambo and go, <laughs> you know, do you want to lift? You lost boy or something like that. I'm like, how have they not passed him? But what the one bit you say made you laugh, the one bit that had me laughing was Rambo does the old Dukes of Hazard jump over the police cards over the bridge. Because obviously there's no such thing as a stinger yeah. then, take his tires out. But there's about six coppers firing at him, and there's at least two coppers firing. And if if they were real bullets, they'd have shot the coppers at the front because the line of sight of the bullets going off, obviously the blanks, would have took out that cop easy. There's no physical way that the bullets wouldn't have killed the copper. You know, it just it, it's, it's only a daft little thing, but it's one of the things I was peeing myself, laughing. I had to rewind it. I was like, really? But obviously they're supposed to be shooting at his truck. It's not like the end of the world day, but it's just one of them daft little things I picked up on. <laughs> and, and I didn't pick up on that. The the thing that, that I picked up on this little sequence here was, you know, that, that original three-hour cut, and I said, you know, Rambo seemed to be a bit more of a smart arse. He had a lot more one-liners. Uh, you can imagine Arnie would probably have pulled it off quite well. Um, it's when he actually gets into that truck he says to the guy, you know, look at the road, don't look at me. That's how accidents happen. And it just seemed, with everything that had gone on before, all right, it was a funny little line, but it just seems so off with his character. And I think that is probably the only, like, little one-liner he's got from that original cut, I'm assuming. I, I think there was a lot more of that in the original. Um, but I, I kind of wish they'd have taken that out because he's been such a an absolute animal, you know, and he's just taking all these people out. He's he's in this uh, survival mode. You know, we see lots of evidence of that, the way he's scavenging and he goes proper full-on Bear grills, doesn't he? I, but the fact that they left that bit of comedy in there, I was just like, oh, it doesn't quite sit right with me. No, like I say at the start as well, I, when, he, when he, he mentioned it, but when he mentions to, obviously, the, the, the widow... He's a bit too too happy. I, I always felt he was carrying on from his rocky position, and then obviously he just changes. But yeah, there's a few little odd bits, and I think I didn't know about this three and a half hour cut, and so you mentioned it, and I've researched it afterwards there because I love I'm intrigued by stuff like this. But yeah, there's just a few little bits. But I think in the end, after what Stallone said, Dave, about it was an absolute disgrace. He was going to throw up. I mean, they've they've done a hell of a cut to get it to the way it is because it's an absolute cult classic movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, it is, it is fantastic. But, I mean, they, he does sort of get away, doesn't he, in this truck. 
and I think that you do get that hairs on the on your arms, you know, standing up when he when he does go over. Because while you're looking at, you know, the the positions of the cops shooting at each other, all I'm doing is listening to the music. You know, da 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 da. da. Oh, it's just fantastic. I thought right up until the very last scene, which I'll call out when we get there. I thought the music was fantastic in this as well. I agree. I agree. I think the whole tone and the, the sort of cat and mouse chasing, it had a bit of a Terminator feel. Obviously, this was before Terminator, as in the music gives you that tension, doesn't it, of the character. You want Rambo to get away. You, you just want him to sort of leave. But at this point of the movie, he turns it on its head, doesn't he? And he goes on the offensive then. Yeah. He's absolutely offensive. You know, Tiesel's saying to him, Tiesel's obviously come backwards and forwards from like where Rambo's based. And he's like, you know, and that... I don't care how good you are, Dave. Colonel Troutman, he's like, he's 200 men. And he's like, well, what does he say? So like, there'll be, there'll be bodies and all this. Yeah. Like, it's proper 80s nonsense, <laughs> it wasn't it? Cheesy as hell, wasn't it? But, I mean, for me, this last bit is where you get the birth of the franchise, isn't it? When he goes on the offensive in the town, and so Teasel calls out to all the citizens, you know, they they need to, they should get in their homes, you know, because you've got this dangerous maniac shooting up the place. You know, he absolutely decimates the police. Um, uh, what do they call it? Police house? Department. <laughs> Department. <laughs> the place where the police live. What, what the fuck? Precinct, the police precinct. The precinct, yeah, yeah. So he absolutely decimates the police precinct, doesn't he? And, you know, he's absolutely tooled up. We get the classic, iconic, you know, red uh, headband, the Rambo red headband. So so for me, this is where it goes from being a real classic movie to you can almost point at the screen and go, ah, th- this is what they've used for all the subsequent movies from here. Yeah, yeah, it's iconic day. Pop culture reference again. A lot of the stuff we do is pop culture reference. Rambo and Stallone has been Mickey taken for years, hasn't he? We remember spitting image. They had a Rambo character, didn't they? And then they pull a Rocky character out with a headband on and all that. <laughs> and I, yeah, I always remember it. But yes, you're so right. The red bandana. And I know we're going to obviously probably see it in the next few weeks, but I know that's one thing that the critical of the new Rambo that's just come out in the cinemas is that he doesn't wear a bandana anywhere. In all the others, he wears a bandana. A band, a headband. A headband, sorry. A bandana. <laughs> Unless he's Hulk Hogan. Maybe he's yeah. gone Rocky Free. But, uh, sorry, yeah. He's got his Thunderlips uh, <laughs> bandana on there. Ultimate but male. No, yeah. I think, yeah. I think um, it was an interesting choice again, you know, to uh, obviously when you're shooting up the place to take your shirt off and show the guns off. Um, but it is Stallone so you know and again I can't help but feel alright he looks fantastic I'm sure all the women were drooling over him all the men were thinking crikey I'd love to look like that but it it just for me it devalues the movie a bit you know because well why would you do that for a start um, and that well I know why we do it because he, he looks great but you know if you're actually just going on this one-man mission to shoot everything up and uh, cause all this destruction. I, I don't think you need to take your shirt off, to be honest. No, and that sort of calls out myself, really, because I'd set the top of the show, didn't I? He, he doesn't really rely on his body in this. I'd forgot about that, but you are right. It, 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 the whole six-pack's out and everything, isn't it? The absolute maniacal John Rambo's there. But this this last bit, I think, is great. Like I say, it's iconic, it's brilliant. I don't buy that... 
uh, Tiesel's on the build, on top of the building with his M16, ready to take Rambo down. I don't buy that at all. I know he's trying to sneak up on him, and they have a bit of a gunfight. But this one bit in this film, Dave, which is an absolute classic for all the wrong reasons, right? <laughs> and you know what I'm going to say is, obviously, as he's back and forth, he ends up in this shop, doesn't he? And we get Troutman comes in eventually to see him, doesn't he? He's surrounded, basically, and they're trying to get him to surrender. What the fuck does John Rambo actually say to him, Dave? Because I've watched it about three times and I am really struggling to understand. <laughs> um, I, I think... I, I'm conflicted about this last scene because when Troutman comes up, like I say, the acting is just atrocious from him. But Stallone, this is his acting bit. It, this is his pitch for the Oscar, isn't it, almost? You know, and uh, where he's like, nothing is over, nothing. <laughs> he's saying uh, something about being able to uh, operate million-dollar equipment and whatever. But it does, it gets a little bit less coherent. And, and I remembered, before I went back to rewatch it, I remembered just not really understanding anything apart from the odd little bit you know uh, but not really understanding what he was saying I think this time I picked up on maybe 80% of the story he was telling and apparently this was a, a real story as well um, you know some events that had happened in Nam where you got the shoeshine boy coming up and it was actually just a, a bomb and so you've got this uh, one of his mates and he'd it, it blown him to bits, but he's still alive. And he's saying, I just want to go home, just want to go home. And then I, I felt like watching it this time, the fact that he's not making 100% sense really works. I, 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 I did, this is going to sound terrible, but where he's, he's telling the story and he's crying his eyes out and whatever, I was genuinely getting choked. But when he said, I can't find your legs, <laughs> in a really high-pitched voice. Yeah, that was it. That was the bit, yeah. <laughs> Just like, everything that led, led up to that. I've got the old moist eyeballs, you know, and I'm like, fucking hell. You know, and again, you're thinking, this is what he's experienced, the character. But obviously, it's all we know what happened in the Vietnam War and that. You know, and kids kids had to go through this stuff. But it was just the tone of his voice in that moment just sounded a bit comical to me. But, you know, and it, it's just, yeah. I, I felt, like I say, watching it this time, that the fact that he wasn't 100% understandable worked because he was just broken and damaged. No, that's a good point. I mean, I was absolutely pissing myself, Dave. I, I don't agree on that, to be honest. I think he's pretty <laughs> shit. But it, we all have our bits in films where we we, we we both it both gets us and doesn't get you and vice versa. We've had that on many of our reviews. But what I've got to say, Dave. Now, obviously, I am getting a bit of a reputation on this podcast for shitting on some absolute classics. I mentioned it last <laughs> week. Now, I didn't think we could get a worse ending than the ending to Ghostbusters when they come out like they've just won the FA Cup, the World Series, the Super Bowl, <laughs> and they're all there. Even Sigourney Weaver's getting on the act, and she's been the absolute bitch for the last 20 minutes of the film and waving to the crowd and all this. The crowd of the crowd know who she is. Exactly, that's what I was about to say. No one knows who the fuck she is. But Rambo came along, Dave, and went, 
hold my fucking beer. Now, can you, you, I know this is your bit, so I'm not going to steal it from you, but take it away about this end music, shall we say. <laughs> I mean, obviously, so, you know, Troutman talks him down and unlike in the book, book where he blows his brains out, he, he walks him out. And so I thought it was a, it was a little bit odd that, you know, this town you'd have thought would be baying for his blood, you know, but Rambo walks out and he's, He's at the lead, if you like, so everyone's behind him. It, it just seemed a little bit odd to me. And like I say, I think the score for this movie has been brilliant all the way through. But the cheesiest fucking lyrics on top of the main theme just absolutely ruined that end bit. And someone had commented on it on Twitter, you know, about the just the ending music. And I, I said, to me, it reminds me of like The Littlest Hobo or something. You know, do you remember that? The little yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a voice. Keeps on calling that's me. Yeah, that's now that's all upbeat. I kind of feel like this one is more like the littlest hobo after he's he's been young and he's been to all these towns and experiencing life. This is the more jaded littlest hobo. You know where you go. It's a long road. When you're on your own. <laughs> it's just, it's like, do, do you remember um, Nick Berry when he did uh, uh, Every Loser Wins? Yeah, so he yeah, basically, he, he just took the EastEnders theme tune and he just sung lyrics over the top of it. It just felt like that to me. And it's just, I, I, I want to read you some of the lines, Chris, because it, it's just like a five-year-old. Now, I apologize to Dan Hill. I'm sure you're a very talented bloke. But writing lines like, and every new town just seems to bring you down. <laughs> well, so he's done this everywhere he goes then, has he? He's just, just shot it's everybody. everybody. He went to Hope, Washington. Didn't go anywhere else. Didn't get a chance. But, you know, I'd pull out some others. Uh, day and night, you've got a fight. Oh, my um, God. It sounds like my sort of songwriting day when I was it, in the band. Here we go, here we go. It's a real war right outside your front door. <laughs> It's oh all, no! It's terrible. And, oh, what, what was what is the other one? Um, again, you know, someone's obviously told him what the what the name of the movie is. So where does it say? It says something. They drew first blood. Oh yeah, yeah. When they draw first blood, that's just the start of it. <laughs> Oh my god! That, that, this is definitely the sort of lyrics I used to pass to you, Dave, and you used to just throw it straight in the bin. I think. <laughs> Where was it going wrong? Like I say, it's just like a five-year-old's wrote it, and it just, it unfortunately destroys the emotional impact of that last ending. If they'd have left it just with that score, it would have been beautiful. But sticking these cheesy ass early eighties lyrics onto it just it ruined it for me. Yeah, I mean that yeah. you asked me what my opinion is, there you go. I'll, I'll get off the fence. <laughs> no, I'm the same. I'm the same. It was almost like they were trying to parody the Hulk's music, mm. but with really bad lyrics. But yes, it's so jarring that if anybody, you know, if you don't want to go and actually watch the film, just get the end bit because that's available on YouTube. It's an absolute classic. It really is a classic for all the wrong reasons. But Dave, I know we've done a few Stallone movies, but I can't wait to review over the top because if you think there's some cheesy music at the end of Rambo, you ain't seen nothing till you've seen that one. Lincoln Hawk takes names in that film. That is a classic Stallone special. I think oh that's my. that's one of those where I've seen once or twice so oh, I, I don't have a great memory for that one. I've, I, I've rented that movie out 
I am not exaggerating when I say I used to rent it out, baby, once every couple of months. I must have seen it about 30 or 40 times. <laughs> and it's it, it's not great, but it's just one of them obsessive films that we used to watch because it felt more like Rambo. Uh, more like, sorry, no, it didn't feel like Rambo. It felt more like Rocky than it does Rambo. So because he was just basically playing Rocky in this movie, I, I resonated to and it had all the Vaseline camera angles and the, everyone's all ripped up and they're all look like dead sweaty and that. I'm sounding proper like I'm going on a really, really uh, weird rabbit like hole. a different sort of movie to me but that I yeah. remember. But... <laughs> <laughs> I need to shut the fuck up, Dave. But what I meant is it was that middle of the 80s sort of feel the Rocky style, Rocky Four style movie. But anyway, let's get out, get away from that, Dave. Shall we definitely go into our review? <laughs> yeah, let's go before you keep carry on digging. <laughs> Terrible. Right, Dave, I'll go first on this one. Yeah. So, yeah. I know I've picked out a couple of little things, and I think that's only natural, as you said. The amount of films and TV shows we've reviewed over the last few years, there's always going to be a little thing you try and bring in there as a little bit of a joke or a one-liner. But I think the whole subject matter, and I think your point on PTSD is fantastic. I think that's one thing that gets overlooked. And it's something, you know, it's only now in 2019 that people are really starting to speak up. Probably from about 2010 onwards, we've really hit this sort of uh, socially people are more aware of what's happening to our soldiers and becoming more sort of patriotic. And, and I, I think that's great. So buy-in, love Stallone, love it's the whole thing. Brian Denny's a great sort of baddie. He's almost, like I say, I'm very sympathetic with him to a point, actually. Not very spular levels, but I'm definitely up there when I think he is trying to redeem himself at certain points and trying to be the moral compass of the law. But unfortunately, the sort of maniacal side of it, when he gets pushed, he gives pushes back as much as Rambo. You know, Colonel Sam Troutman, Richard Krenner, absolute disgrace, but disgraceful for so many good things. So I think, Dave, it's not a film, as I've said, I've seen millions of times. It's something I've seen, and if it's on, I'll always watch it because it's just one of them iconic movies. I don't think it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. I really, really don't. But it's not one of the worst. And having the amount of abuse I've received online and through friends and work colleagues, <laughs> what, how I've shit on a lot of these films. And I'm not just being swayed by that. I genuinely enjoyed this and I will watch it again. So I'm not sending it to Cloud City, Dave, but I'm definitely sending it to Pleasantville. I think it's a fantastic movie. It's just not one of my favourites. So what about yourself, Dave? Very good. Well, like yourself, I, I guess I, you know, I remembered watching this way too young. Uh, it sounds like I, I probably watched it a bit more than yourself, but in my kind of memory, I, I, it was already getting better. So I was a little bit apprehensive in going back to watching this one and just seeing how did it stand up. Now I have to say, I'm absolutely. Delighted. I think it stands up brilliantly. It is definitely a time capsule. So you kind of, like you say, you wouldn't get the vets, the you know, the war veterans being treated in the same way that they were were back then. Um, so you have to think it's of its time for that reason. But because it's using all these practical effects, these stunts and and whatever, I think it stands up really well. Like you say, there's just a few things that are a bit off. I, I think Stallone didn't particularly look like a homeless bum that Dennehy was uh, treating him like. But uh, and and Troutman, we've we've called out. I I think overall, 
this stood up about as well as I could have expected it to. And I will definitely watch this again. I'll probably give it another few years because it is, it's a bit emotionally draining, I think. It's not, you know, in the later Matt Rambo series, you get, it's more about the action and what have you. But I was just completely immersed in this film and and I really, really enjoy it. A bit like yourself, I'm not going to send it to, you know, the absolute top. I'm not going to send it to Cloud City, but this is a really strong Pleasantville. I think it's it's absolutely one of the, the best movies we've looked back on so far. Um, and yeah, if, if anyone's made it to this part of the review and, and hasn't watched it, or maybe hasn't watched it for a few years, I would definitely go back and watch this one. It, it's For me, I, I'd have to go back and watch the rest. I'm hoping Last Blood... Uh, which is coming out is gonna is gonna be somewhere on this order. I think it pretty much picks up from the first one. I think I, I think they're gonna omit kind of Rocky two and three, Rocky Rambo two and three. <laughs> yeah, or it's it's a weird naming convention, isn't it? Because you've got like you've got First Blood and then you have got Rambo First Blood Part Two and then you have got Rambo Three. <laughs> it's like make your mind up. But anyway, so yeah, this is a really strong Pleasantville for me. That's great stuff, Dave. Great stuff. Now, if you want to get in contact with the show, guys, on Twitter at VHS Strikes Back. If you want to email the show, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. And obviously, get in contact with us if there's anything you want us to review. We have got a couple of our listeners lined up who are going to be on in the next few weeks who want to do some reviews. I'm just finalizing that at the moment. So we'll see where that one goes. There's some cracking movies they've suggested. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, also, if you are into our reviewing style and you like what myself and Dave do, please hunt out on your podcast catching up, Comics in Motion, where myself and Dave review comic book-based media. Uh, and we were up to episode 91 this week, so we're just slowly but surely getting up to that 100 mark, which has been fantastic. That's been nearly a two-year journey for myself and Dave, which obviously the VHS has spawned off from that. Anything else you want to plug for us today, Dave? Well, Chris, I want to talk about our chat footy podcast as well because that's where me a big Liverpool fan you a Man United fan go back and we uh we don't go back at all we well we go back to the previous weekend's results and generally we'll we'll have a, a laugh at your team so yep if you want to get over to there if you support either of those teams we take a light-hearted approach to what's been going on in mainly the the English Premiership now Chris have you got anything to finish us off with today I have, Dave, but before I get into that, we have got another podcast as well I'd like to promote. The Love Island really? cast. And oh. this <laughs> boil on my arse of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you are by any chance into watching the Love Island reality show, whether it's the UK, US, and potentially the Australian one that's coming up, Please get onto your podcast catching up and hunt out Love Island cast where myself and Dave just absolutely rinse the show. Now, Dave, <laughs> I'm not going to throw it over to you today because I know I've absolutely done it a few times to you now. But I'm simply going to say one thing. So this movie came out in 1982. You fast forward 37 years and we're at last blood. So as Teasel says... To Rambo, it's over, Johnny. And John says, nothing is over. That's we'll see it, you next man. time. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? 
Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. Yeah, maybe you're you stupid. Stupid. I ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool, he's stupid. I've seen you in six months. 